Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. This week in my, uh, in my little Bible study that I do, um, I was reading in 1 Peter. And in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 13, I got to it. And I mean, it was like it was in bold print. I mean, when I read it, I, I literally just stopped. And my wife was, was walking by and I was like, and I mean, you, you know, it's a good verse or when it's speaking to you, when you grab your wife, when you walk by and you go, listen to this. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've read first Peter. Okay. But this time, whenever I read it, man, God was just like, Hey, you see that right there? You see that right there? This is what it said. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Man, I love that right there. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. I thought about that all week. Prepare your minds for action. How many times do we think in Christianity that, that being a Christian is more just like a spiritual inside thing that you, you don't really actually do anything? It's just kind of who you are. That's not what Peter's saying. He said, man, you got to prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. I got to thinking, man, what does that mean to prepare your minds for action? And, and man, I was, I was thinking about it all week and it reminded me that whenever I was younger, uh, something that not a lot of people know is, you know, we had 42 section ranch in, in Texas until I was two years old. And then my great grandmother sold it. And, and then I was a city kid till I was junior and junior in high school. I mean, I still did, you know, the, the little play days and this and that, you know, I mean, I, but I mean, I used to be able to tie my hair. I mean, I had the mullet, man. I look good too. I'm gonna bring it back. If I could grow, if I had hair anymore, I'd grow it out. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was a city kid, you know, but then my dad quit being the sheriff of, of my hometown and he got a, a ranch job. And so I'd go out there on the ranch and, and it just kind of lit a fire in me, man. I, I, I wanted to be a cowboy and, and I'd always wanted to be a cowboy, but now I had the opportunity to be a cowboy. But there was one problem and it was kind of a big problem. I'd fall off a horse easy. <laughs> I stunk, man. And I'm, I'm not talking about I'd fall off, you know, just like at a, at, a, at, a, at a walk. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. But, you know, if, if a horse farted too loud and kind of kicked up, I fell off. And, and it, there was nothing I could do. I mean, I stunk at, 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 at riding horses that bucked. And, and we didn't have like these, you know, $10,000 horses. Our horses all put together didn't add up to $10,000. These were, you know... Nine-year-old unbroke sail barn horses that we was riding, and 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 they they like to buck. And you know, when you get bucked off in Texas, it's not like the grassy plains of the Long X Ranch. Man, there's thorns, and now we got cactus out there too. But still, you know, it, you you are a fortunate, godly blessed person if you get bucked off in Texas, in West Texas, and don't land in something that you don't have to dig splinters out of you. But I did. I was the worst bronc rider in the world. And so there was a problem. Who I wanted to be and what I could do, there was a gulf in between. And, 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 and I'm going to admit to you that, you know, some of you might have been, some of you has probably fallen off a horse. 
A few of you have been bucked off a horse. If you don't know the difference, come talk to me and I'll tell you the difference. Okay. And, uh, but who I wanted to be and who I was, there, there was a big problem in there. And, and I started getting scared. I mean, I, I started tensing up and, 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 and not really like, oh gosh, you know, is this horse going to buck me off? And then, you know, if you cowboyed or rode horses very long, man, they sense that, right? So when you're all uptight, they get all uptight. It's kind of a, a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. You get so worried about getting bucked off that you get bucked off. And so I didn't know what to do about it, but I made my mind up that I wouldn't live in fear because I couldn't continue the way I was and achieve my goals. I couldn't remain who I was and be scared and, and fall off of, of, of anything that jumps or farts. I had to get to this place. So I had to prepare my mind for action. I made it my goal. And instead of worrying about whether a horse would buck or not, I sought them out. If I heard of a horse that was bad to buck, I asked if I could ride it. And I got yard guarded. I fell off on my tailbone. I fell off on my leg bone. I got, I fell off on my head bone. If there's a way to get, but you ever been bucked off and double, double kicked in the air before you hit the ground, that's getting bucked off. Okay. All of that. But I made it my goal to get on every bronc I could find. I prepared my mind for action, but you know what else I prepared my mind for? I prepared my mind for the pain because I knew that I couldn't get from where I was to where I wanted to be without there being some pain. So I just prepared myself in advance. I just knew it was going to hurt and I knew that there was going to be problems. And I, I knew that there might be broken bones or, or digging cactus needles out or something like that. But you, you, when you, when you make it your goal to ride Bronx good, you get bucked off a lot. And the more you get bucked off, you don't like to get bucked off anymore. So you get a little better and a little better and a little better. I went from getting bucked off every single time to, to covering one, one time. And then I'd go back to getting bucked off. And then, it, and then there'd be a couple of times that I'd ride two in a row. And then it got to be where, you know, I was, well, I, I was pushing 50%, right? And then it got to be where I could, I could get pretty sticky. But I prepared my mind for action. I knew that there was a gulf between who I wanted to be and, and, and where I was at some point. But that's what Peter is saying here. He says, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Prepare your minds for action. What does that mean? Action is what gets us to our goals. A few verses before that, in verses 8 and 9, Peter says, You love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting in him will be the salvation of your souls. The reward for trusting in him will be the salvation of your souls. What is your goal? I mean, isn't that what, I mean, if, if you're not looking forward to heaven, to a place with no pain and, and no suffering and, and, and not the elongation of time, but the absence of it, uh, walking hand in hand with our Lord and Savior, being able to come face to face with God. If you're not looking forward to that, man, Christianity is not for you. The alternative is not that great. I, I, I'm just saying, okay? But you won't get there. It says right there, the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your soul. What is your goal? 
We need to make that our goal. Because who you are and who you want to be, there's a gulf in there. What is your goal? My goal at one point was not to fall off of bucking horses. Now my goal is eternal life. And of spreading the good news that you can spend eternal life in in heaven. And, And you know what? It's kind of a hard life down here until we get there. But isn't it going to be hard anyway? It's going to be hard anyway. You might as well get a reward out of it. Because I want to spend eternity with, with most of you. I mean, like, like 99% of you. I mean, I'm like looking forward to it. The other 1% I'm still praying about. Okay? The other 1%, man, y'all are some nodheads. I love you, but you know, you know I'm joking. I want, every, I want to spend eternity with every stinking one of you. I don't want to have my heart broke to know that, that nobody told you that your goal should be of, of your reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. But if you want to make that your goal, a ride with Christ is neither accidental, incidental, or coincidental. Okay? You're not going to just someday get it right by accident. You, you're going to have to do things on purpose. You're going to have to do things intentionally and deliberately. If you want to follow God, you've got to make that your goal. Learn to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And you know what? That sounds good right now, don't it? Sign me up, cowboy. Enter me up. Where do I pay my dues? It's in the offering box back there, by the way, just so you know. Y'all are hard. But that sounds good right now. But what happens when you wake up in the morning? What happens when you wake up in the morning? Are you still, is your goal going to be to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength? You're not going to do that accidentally. You're going to have to do that deliberately. If your ride with God is incidental, so will, the outcomes will be incidental. I, I know a lot of people that, you know, they love those good verses of the Bible, right? Me too. Man, is there a better one than Jesus saying, man, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly? Booyah! That's what I want right there. But you don't get that without making everything else your goal. A lot of Christians are like, well, I ain't really, I don't see that abundant life nowhere. Because you're not living like Jesus told you to. Okay? If you're not experiencing the risk and reward of authentic Christianity, it's probably because you're not an intentional Christian, but an incidental one. You, you know, you, you're just kind of a Christian whenever, it, whenever the situation suits it. We don't, we don't want Christians like that. Jesus... Jesus wants all of you. He wants every ounce of you. And the reward is better than anything you can give. But if you're not going to, you can't give Jesus this much of your life and expect to get this much in return. It don't work that way. That's why he said on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't I do, didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? Didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? And he'll say, get away from me for I knew you not. Man, you've got to saddle up and you've got to ride every stinking day for him. And it's got to be a goal because it's not going to happen by accident. You've got to be purposeful. Listen, if someone was to follow you around and heard every thought, heard every word, saw every text, listened on every phone conversation, listened to just you and your friends talk, saw every internet search, saw every conversation, saw every interaction with your wife, with your husband, with your kids, who would they say you were? What would they say in your report? Would they say, man, that person right there has a great love 
for God and other people, your report would probably say the same thing as mine. And it's not what I would want written. See, who we are right now and who we would like to be, there's a gulf between there. So how do we change it? How do we bridge that gap? Because, I mean, you know, you're standing there. I know you are. You're like, well, dude, get off my toes. Well, my toes are already black and blue. I just pass it on. But you're standing on the edge, man, and you can see who you want to be. But you just don't know how to get there. Well, I'm going to tell you how to get there. The first thing that you have to understand is that action is what gets us to our goals. You're not, you can't just continue to do the same thing that you've been doing that made you who you are right now. And if you continue to do those things, that that's going to somehow take you somewhere differently. Okay. I can't just drive up and down from the ranch to Kiowa just on that road right there every single day and expect to end up in Denver. Okay. It doesn't work like that. Who you are is because of the habits and the ways and the thoughts and the people you hang around with. And if you don't want to be that, and you want to be something different, something's got to change. In other words, action. You're going to have to prepare your mind for action. The second thing you're going to have to do is action requires change or change requires action. In 1 Peter chapter 4, we were in chapter 1, now we're going to scoot over to 4. If you have a hard time with that, ask somebody next to you. They can show you where that is. You have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy. Their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. Said, man, you've got to look at your life right now and say, you know what? I've had enough of that. I want something different. And if you want something different, then you're going to have to change. You can't keep doing what, what's the old saying? You can't keep doing the same things over and over and over and expect different results. It's not going to happen. You're going to have to change. The first time I remember getting bucked off. I was probably eight years old. So what did that make? About 16 years ago, something like that. And uh, anyway, I was at a play day. Okay. What y'all up here would call a Gymkhana. That's like a Norwegian word or something. I'd never heard that before I came up here. Okay. It's just a play day. You know, you got up there and they had a play day before a ranch rodeo, right? And so anyway, I was just a little bitty old kid. And uh, at that time I was only like 6'2", 190. Yeah, I wasn't my whole six foot five, 250 like I am now. But anyway, I ended up in, in the can chasing, right? So I got on my horse, Ajax. Here I go, whooping and a spurn, a whooping and a spurn. And we went down the first barrel. Whooping and a spurn, we went around the second barrel. Whooping and a spurn, we went around the third barrel. And then it's come home, right? Which means just gouge the crap out of them and just do your reins like this. And that's about the time I got yard darted for the first time. Because Ajax didn't appreciate all that whooping and spurring. And I mean, you ever seen somebody use stirrups as a launching point? That's what he did. Just like a high dive. A guy named Tommy Holt was the flagger and he marked me out at an 86. I didn't even know what that meant at the time. Told you I couldn't ride bucking horses very well. But the thing I remember most about that day wasn't getting yard arted. It's later on in the ranch bronc riding. Man, there's this cowboy, super puncher, right? White shirt, buttoned up right here. Mustache come down to here. Mustache weighed more than I did. Big old black hat, anchored down. Wranglers on. Might, might have been Levi 501 button flies. 
had his shotgun leggings on. Let's go, boys. That bronc come out, and he was a honker. Y'all know what I mean by a honker? I mean, that's, and he's just giving it all he's got, right? Until the pickup man rides right in front of him. And him and that bronc hit the pickup man, and his bronc flips over the horse. It will knock the horse down, falls over. The cowboy's trying to get out of the way. The pickup rider's trying to get out of the way. They're both trying to kick out of the stirrups, and there's a collective gasp. <gasps> right? That cowboy gets up. The pickup man gets up, and the cowboy, what? Lays him out. I was like, yes! I wanted to be him so bad. Good grief, I'm fired up. Let's quit. Let's go. Anybody need a hit? Come here. Come here. I am all kinds of fired up right now. We're in one of them spiritual churches now. I'm going to start pounding the post or something. Woo! I don't want to hit nobody, but that's how I want to live life, man. Come out all punched out. Top butt button. Come out. Give them heck. Right? Even if you fall down, get up and punch somebody. Or something. You know, not, not really anybody, but life. You know what I mean? Life. That's the way we need to live. But you can't live that way. Who you are now. And who you want to be. There's something in the middle. How do you bridge that gap? Change requires action. You can't stay just like you are. You've had enough of the past. Of the evil things that godly people enjoy. Their immorality and lust and their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of money, cars, status, boys, girls, horses. Their terrible worship of idols. In order to become who you want to be, if this is who you are and this is who you want to be, you're going to have to change something. You can't keep living your life like you've been living it and expect to get here. You can't just, I mean, I'm sorry, man. I, I love what I do. But you can't come here and listen to my silly stories and expect that to change anything. The only thing that can change you is you. And God's going to be right there to help you do it. He ain't going to do it for you. He's not going to do it for you at all. But he'll give you the strength to do it. And you know how you want to know how he's given you the strength to do it when you don't think you can go on, but you do anyway. And somehow you make it. That's the strength. He doesn't give you the strength while it's easy. He gives you the strength when you have none left to make that change. Change requires action. But there's one other thing. Change requires pain. If you are over the age of 25, science says that the only time people truly change after the age of 25 is through trauma or pain. I'm good. I've got a year left, but some of y'all going to have to go through some pain. Okay. I mean, think about it. You know, people just live their lives however they want to. And then, and then cancer strikes and it opens your eyes up and you're like, oh my gosh, or the death of a loved one. Now, why do we have to wait for all of that to know the truth and come to God? It's because pain has a way of changing us. It doesn't have, change doesn't have to be painful, but most of the time it is. Also in 1 Peter chapter 4. Since then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. Be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. 
You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. That's what pain will do. That's what pain will do. You got to be ready for the pain. I mean, if you just fall off of horses that, 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 you know, kick at a fly and you want to be a bronc stomper, you got to go through some pain to get there. And it's all worth it. Anybody that's been through the pain and come out on the other side and achieve their goals will tell you it's all worth it. And when we all get to heaven and we ride horses that don't buck, we'll know that all of the pain that we endured for the sake of the gospel was worth it. Here's where you are now. Here's who you are. Here's who you want to be. Man, in order to bridge that gap, you've got to take action. You've got to make changes and you've got to prepare just like our verse says. So prepare your minds for action. You got to be prepared for the pain. You cannot change without pain. It's called dying to self. That does not sound pleasant, but it does result in eternal life. Here's where you are. Here's where you want to be. How do you get from here to there? Action, change. You got to prepare for the pain. Old habits and old ways must be put to death. You can't continue to live your life like you live it and get something else. You you may have to change some of the people you hang around with. You may have to change some of the things that you do. You may have to change some of the things that you watch. You may have to change some of the things that you listen to. And all of that can can be painful because you have a way of living your life. But only you know that where you are right now is not where you want to be. It's going to take some action. It's going to take some change and it's going to take some pain. Our brains will always try to talk us out of experiencing pain. You can't listen to that, that little voice in your head. You got to trust the word of God. You got to trust him. Nobody said it'd be easy. If it was easy, everybody'd do it, but it ain't easy. That's why, it, that's why most people are, are miserable. That's why most people don't experience God. We always go back to the way we are because we don't like pain. It's hard. It's painful to forgive. It's painful to tell the truth. It's even more painful to hear the truth. Everybody wants to tell the truth, but nobody wants to hear it. You ever notice that? Because it hurts. Even if it's the truth, it hurts. It's hard to love. You want to love somebody? If somebody cannot take complete advantage of your love, you're not loving, you're manipulating, or you're conducting a business transaction. Loving is risky. Loving, truly loving, is painful. And truly loving is the greatest reward that you can ever receive. But it hurts. Loving is painful. Exercise is painful. Eating Cheetos is easy. Going to the gym is hard. Eating potato chips is easy. Going on a diet is hard. You see what I'm saying? There's a gulf that you have to bridge. And it requires action. It requires change. And there's going to be some pain involved. Prepare your mind for action. Because it's easier to live in mediocrity than make a difference in the world. You'll never make a difference in your own life or the life of others without pain, without change, and without action. It won't happen. That's why Peter then says, exercise self-control. I talk about San Pedro Ranch a lot where I worked down in South Texas after high school. And one of the greatest cowboys I've ever been around, Antonio Gallegos, I mean, he was, he was an idol to me and we were out riding one day and I was riding that little bay horse that I talk about. If you ever remember the horse, the story about weaving through the cactuses on the bronc for the first time, that was Atrevido. And I was riding Atrevido and Atrevido just yard darted me. 
Uh, he bucked me off hard. He's the one that kicked me before I hit the ground. You know they're athletic when they buck you off and then whirling and cow kick you before you hit the ground. That's what happened that day. And then my horse, he runs off. And Antonio goes to get my horse, and I'm still trying to look for oxygen, right? And then you come across this cowboy conundrum. And if you cowboys, you know what I'm talking about right here. Because when you get bucked off in the pasture and your horse runs off and the other guys go get it, do you just stand there or do you start walking? Because you don't want to seem lazy, right? But you really don't know where to go because your horse ran off. So I'm sitting there thinking about all this. And, and I won't lie, I was a little bit scared because, I mean, the horse that just bucked you off and kicked you before you hit the ground, you don't want to get back on those things. But you have to, Right. You have to. And so, man, uh, and so like I always do, uh, yeah, I try to hide my fear with humor. And so I made up my mind, man, just laugh it off, you know, either cry or, or laugh, right? And so I see Antonio like 10 minutes later coming with my horse. So I start grinning. I'm trying to be big, tough cowboy. And he rides up and he's got the makata in his hand, which is like a lead rope. And he's got it. And so I smile up at him. He's one of my idols, man. I smile up at him and I say, I meant to do that. And he takes that leader up. He takes that Makati and he threw it and hit me right in the face with it. And he said, don't mean to do it again. I learned a very, very valuable lesson that day. And if you come back next week, I'll tell you what it is. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we are not worthy of your love, but you sent your son anyway. To take our place on the cross. There's cowboys and cowgirls right now that, man, they want to ride for you. They want to follow you. They want to spend eternity in heaven with you. They just do not know how to get started. God, it starts and ends with giving our entire lives to you. Let us do that now and each and every day that follows. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.